And welcome to Raw Recovery, a trudging together podcast. I am your host, Dion Miller. Uh, today, I have a very special guest on. Um, we we have an Alan on. I've been I've been wanting to get another Alan on on, um, but this Alan on also happens to be my brother in law, and we know each other a little bit. But what's cool is I've never heard his story, so um, this is going to be kind of new for me too. Uh, hopefully, I don't cry too much because we're talking about family here. <laughs> Um, but we have a lot of close relations and things like that. So it's going to be, it's going to be, uh, interesting. Bryce, thanks for taking your time and coming on the show, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah. And, uh, so what I, you know, before we get started, um, so this is how Bryce and I met, um, I was in jail, surprise, surprise. And they let me out, which is a bigger surprise. I was actually in work release. And uh, there's this girl that I've been following and I went out to Kansas city to follow her there. It didn't work out. I came back a week later um, and I didn't have anywhere to go except my sister's house. So I went over to my sister's house and hung out there for a little while. Um, I smoked a bowl in her basement, got in trouble for that a little bit. Didn't do that again. <laughs> but I remember I, I, this, this is stuff I remember distinctly Bryce and that's how, um, when I first met you, you were so kind to me, man. Um, you took me to Qdoba and you fed me. You guys were like, what's going on, Dion? Can we help you out? Um, and you always had such a servant's heart. And it's something that really, um, that I really loved about you, especially being with my sister. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of how Bryce and I met. Um, I've been to his weddings. So Bryce, welcome to the show. Um, let's go ahead and get started. It is your show now. So I'm going to turn it on over to you. Why don't you tell us about yourself? Sure. So, uh, yeah, thanks, Dion. Thanks for having me and, uh, and appreciate the time and listen to my story. Um, it's great to be here and great to be with you and, and all the listeners out there that enjoy your podcast. So, uh, it's good stuff. We appreciate what you're doing out there for others and, and, uh, hopefully, hopefully this helps and, give some inspiration or get someone through a tough time or whatever. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I've learned over the years that my story, although it's unique to me, it's not really unique. So it's, yeah. it's uh, but so anyway, I, I, uh, I'm born and raised here in Colorado and um, my, my parents got divorced when I was nine. My dad was an alcoholic in my house. So okay. uh, my so he was out bar hopping and stuff and, and, uh, my mom was home crazy and, and, uh, she would go to, you know, search, we'd load up in the car and go looking for my dad in various bars and, okay, and, uh, you know, we found him and she wanted to kill him and, you know, and I was too young to really know what was going on. So sure. anyway, uh, so they got divorced when I was nine. Uh, right. I think there was some, uh, there's a little bit of bitterness there. Yeah, there may have been a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, most most of my 
time was spent with my mom and weekends with my dad and okay. my brother and I would, would go over to his apartment and, and, uh, you know, we'd play games. My dad, my dad would still be busy doing stuff on the weekends. So we didn't, okay. we didn't really see him much, but, um, you know, luckily he was, he was by things that kept us busy swimming pool and, you know, arcade games and stuff like that. So, okay. Um, I grew up with asthma, so I learned early on that uh, and still have asthma. It's not like it goes away. So yeah, I didn't um, know that about you actually. I, I was hospitalized a few times when I was a kid. I missed um, the most serious one. I, I missed a week of school, and okay. uh, and so I I remember um, laying in bed. And no one was around because, you know, your parents work and your brother's in school and there to come see and stuff. And and uh, I was lonely and I was like frustrated. And I remember saying like the the serenity prayer over and over and over. And I don't know where I got the serenity prayer from. But um, I felt this warm, um, calm come over my body and you know, it was like a sense that everything was going to be okay and everything wow. was going to work out. So that was, um, I don't know how old I was when that happened, probably 11 or 12, maybe. When, what made you decide to go to Ghana? Because that's a spiritual experience in my yeah. mind. Yeah. So my, my parents divorced, my um, dad found AA and my mom started going to Al-Anon. Okay. And she would drag us to you know if, if there was Alateen, an Alateen meeting we'd mm-hmm. go to an Alateen meeting if there was uh you know an Alanon meeting she'd take us into an Alanon meeting with her okay so yeah so I picked up a few things and and uh went on camping trips with the Alateen group and, oh yeah <laughs> and uh put put an axe through my foot almost and you know, <laughs> just being a stupid kid but yeah you know, we were pretty rough on my mom. We we would sneak out and get caught and, you know, do all the stupid shit that kids do. And and uh, I don't know, but, you know, eventually <laughs> you grow up and you, uh, you know, I got when I when I got finally got to when I got to high school, um, I I was involved with choir and show choirs and stuff and band. I was in band and um, okay. junior high and in. in in my freshman year of high school, but was really into choirs and show choirs and doing the musicals and stuff. And that, that kind of kept me grounded from getting into any more trouble. So, okay. um, yeah. And then graduated in 97. My brother graduated in 94 with, with your sister. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they didn't know each other, but they were in the same class. So my brother wasn't, wasn't there. He, he went to school at Warren tech for okay. chef school and stuff yeah so he he wasn't there much his senior year because he was up doing his thing but um, and then he went to keystone and did his chef school stuff in keystone to various uh, restaurants up there and i went to metro state and got a degree in business management uh, married a woman who had an alcoholic father uh, and he drank beer like morning noon and night it didn't matter he would okay he would drink a he would go and buy 30 packs of bush light or strohs and Ugh. and uh, 
I, I've never seen anyone drink so much. I, <laughs> I took him. I had to take him home one time because he had gotten his third DUI, and uh, okay, he had this like El Camino with like four hundred thousand miles on it, and so I was like scared to death because he was talking about how he loved this El Camino or whatever. <laughs> so he's you know, and he's pretty. He was pretty drunk. Okay. And we're stopped at the light going north on 92nd and Sheridan. I'll never forget this. He opens up his car door to, to puke out the side. And I'm like, this is my father-in-law. You know? yeah. uh, but he was a guy that would, um, he would take these jobs. He, he knew like seven languages. Uh-huh. And he would take these jobs overseas, like in Africa. Okay. And, and I don't know if he did that to get away from his problems or to get away from his family. I know the money was good and stuff. Sure. Um, and I, but I know it really took a toll on on my ex-wife. And, sure. Um, I'm not sure when they got divorced, but so they, her parents got divorced, and and uh, I think she, and she was an alcoholic too. I don't think she drinks anymore, but okay. Um, but my ex-wife was. Um, was kind of controlling and and um and you know she she made the money okay i didn't know how much money we had and it was kind of you know it's like we didn't have money to spend but she was always shopping sure like and i was getting really frustrated and really um so anyway it kind of came to a head and i we ended up um divorcing obviously didn't have any kids we had two dogs um she kept the house I think I got the, the vehicle and I moved in with my dad who was in AA. Okay. In AA for a long time. And you're talking, that was what, 14, 15 years ago now. So, um, so yeah, I moved into the basement of my dad's house. who was a single guy and had two dogs and had, okay. a, had a Kawasaki bike and, you know, it was just, doing his AA thing and working yeah. he's uh in real estate so he sells houses and stuff so uh and then i met brandy and i know knew of brandy because we had the same circle of friends okay um so we would hang out together sometimes and um, our friends got married and and me and my wife and her and her husband were carpooling back to our friend's house one, oh. one day okay and, um, so anyway Hey, um, good for you guys. I I love you guys. You're great. <laughs> you are. You're a great couple. I have some questions for you though, Bryce. Yes, sir. Um, during during all of this, where do you where do you feel like you fit in? Were you enabling? Um, did you did you um hide your parents' alcohol? Did you dump it out? How did you handle a lot of that stuff? No, see my so my dad didn't he didn't drink at home. He was always at the bar drinking. Okay. Um, and I don't know, I think for a long time I thought like we were I thought we were the problem. I thought we were scapegoats. Okay. Um, I thought we were the issue. And you know, when you're a kid, you don't you don't you wonder why your parents are getting divorced and you yeah. you know, you, you kind of take on the blame yourself and yeah. you know there's gotta be a reason for it, but you know, you know, come to find out when you, you're, you're an adult and you realize that your, your parents are just people too. And they're just, you know, we're, we're friends. I mean, we're really good friends. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean they're still my parents, but uh, yeah. Um, well, yeah. And you have good relate, and you have great relationships with your parents now. 
you yeah. know you know and and you know and you know my mom and and everybody so the thing yep. is is they only did what they knew was best right you know um and god bless them all you know we're here <laughs> we, we made it so yeah, they, did something right. they did something right right you know um yeah so I, I was i was curious about how you kind of felt like you how you fit in the family sure. um did you feel like you had to take on certain responsibilities that um, weren't yours? No, my, my mom never put that pressure on us. She, she did a lot of soul searching and stuff. I remember her writing, journaling and stuff. And, and um, she used to smoke, so she would smoke cigarettes. And I just remember her sitting in chair and um, she's a teacher. So she was, she was pretty open and honest with us about what okay. was going on. Um, That's and then awesome. she met... Yeah, and then she met Gary, my my stepdad, you know, uh -huh. Gary. Um, and so they, you know, hit it off and ended up getting married. And and uh, I, I love Gary. I miss Gary every day. I miss Gary a lot, yeah. Um, you know, he was, uh, we we're building some uh, garden stuff in the backyard. And I, I told Brandy the other day, I said, it stays like this. I really miss yeah. I really miss Gary because he loved yard work. He loved getting his hands dirty and building mm -hmm. stuff. And, and um, you know, a good, I mean, he was, he was an AA for, you know, 35 plus years and, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, had his program that he leaned on all the time and, and had, had great sayings and, um, and he was really good to my mom. Um, I know my, my brother had some, issues with him and, and thought maybe my mom had left my dad because of him and yeah and uh, that wasn't that wasn't the case or anything but um you know gary's health deteriorated over the years and yeah and uh, he had a stroke and health issues and the medication he was on made him a little loopy and then um he he took his own life as you know so he yeah. my mm -hmm. mom found him in the basement and uh we were we were packing up to go. Um, I think we were going to Utah actually. Um, and we were packing up to leave. And, um, when I got the phone call and so we had to cancel the trip and stuff. So mm -hmm. whenever my mom's and the police were there and stuff and yeah, it was a hard, that was a, that was a rough, rough time. But That was, that was tough. I, you know, I first met Gary when I was 19 uh, back in 1989, he was one of the uh, he was one of the people that started Bill's Brown Baggers over at Primary Purpose Club, um, and that meeting is still going strong today, as as well as that club, and and that is due to the fact of people like Gary and Chet and Joe and everybody over there that kept AA AA. You know, yeah. they they uh, they were uh, rarely have you seen a person failed that has thoroughly followed our path kind of guys. Um, and they would help anybody with anything. Yeah. And, you know, now that they're all gone, it's hard. You know, we don't have those as many of those people will look up to anymore. But, right. yeah, I couldn't I, you know, and and yes, Gary took his own life. But as a man, I I understand where he was coming from, man. He just didn't want to be that burden. We, you know, as an alcoholic, you're a burden all your freaking life. So just being another one, just, I get it. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I totally get it too. Um, you know, and it's, you know, it was, 
I, I kind of look at it as a loving, compassionate thing that he did. Yeah. Um, you know, now looking back at it, um, you know, he, he didn't want to be a burden. He, um, he loved my mom so much that he didn't he want did. to put that on her. So, he, and that was it. And that's, so yeah, it I, takes a I lot took of, that as a selfless act. That's, yeah, that's how I took it. Um, you know, I so, don't know why, I don't know why most people suicide. I think it's really tragic. Mm-hmm. Um, but in some cases, I, I, I totally understand. I get it. And life, you know, life beats us up every day. Um, and if, if it weren't for AA and Al-Anon or, you know, um, even the professionals out there that offer help that, yeah, that, that we're so afraid to seek sometimes because we don't want to ask for help because it looks like a weakness and it's, yeah. it's, it's a, it's just a bunch of crap, you know, just, um, I, I, I think people need to get over the, if you need help, just we'll get you help. We'll figure it yeah. out. I mean, I don't care who you are. My, my dad helps people all the time. And I, yeah. I don't know half the people they, you know, they could be shady as hell. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, but you guys, if you, if you met his dad, you would probably wouldn't need to go talk with the guy. You probably wouldn't even know that he was in recovery unless he told right. you. Right. Because he's right. just, he's that kind of person. When you meet him, you already know that this is the kind of guy that number one, you don't mess with because he has Kurt. Yeah. And you don't know why, but I'll right. tell you why it's because he has faith and yeah. all men of faith have courage. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I agree so much with you is that it is hard for, and especially men to find a place to come and share their feelings without some kind of reproach on them. Right. Um, you know, I, I have a joke, you know, you want to see me clear a room? I'll share my feelings. No? <laughs> right. Because other people don't want to hear it too. So, yeah. And it feels embarrassing. You know, I'm, I'm 50 years old and, and I'm going to get my driver's license back. That can be embarrassing. And that's, yeah. I, I am actually Wednesday. I get my license back. Woo. Progress. Right. Congratulations. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. Um, now my wife doesn't have to ride around with me when I drive because <laughs> yeah. I have to have somebody 21 or over. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but we either laugh at that stuff or, and, and work with it, or I can mope about it all day long. Yeah. Uh, um, and I and absolutely know, believe in therapy. And part of it too is, you know, I don't know where other people are coming from. I don't know their backgrounds or their stories or, you know, maybe so-and-so is just having a bad day. I, I yeah. don't know. It's not, it's not really me for me to judge. Um, you know, my, my whole mantra is don't be an asshole. Yeah. That's it. Pretty basic, mm-hmm. you know, be kind, don't be an asshole. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll help the best I can. And, and uh, if it doesn't put me in a bind, you know, type of thing, but, um, you know, I think tools, tools of the program have definitely helped me with that and help me you know help me know what's mine is mine and what's theirs is theirs and sure and um and you know, and you're also you know because you know you're married to my sister which means you have a whole nother plethora of alcoholics in your family right um has Al-Anon and ACA I'm not sure if you're an ACA member or not um, has that helped you with those relationships too? Like your relationship with me being an alcoholic, like when I was um, drinking, you knew me when I was drinking, dude. Yeah. 
Um, absolutely. I mean, I, 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 I tended not to get into your business or, Mm -hmm. um, anyone else's business that way. Um, I, I think you're on your own path and I think sometimes, you know, people need to figure stuff out on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, you know, al- alcoholics don't, uh, you know, they tend to need to hit rock bottom first before they find their way back yeah. up. So, so it has to be something um, meaningful. It has to have some kind of weight to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but if you came to me and said, Hey, I need help with whatever, dude, I'm there for you. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's, that's how we are. Your, your sister is wonderful. She's my rock. You know, we have a child with disability. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's hard, really hard sometimes to get things done and stay positive all the time. But um, your sister's been in Al-Anon for a long time now too. And, and mm-hmm. I've seen her grow. And wow, yes. family has, uh, has <laughs> grown. I, I love your mom. I love Roger. I love your whole family. Thank um, you. Yeah, they're, you know, and a great family so much wisdom that um and, and you know nothing's really off limits with them which is cool you, can, <laughs> you know you can you can go talk to roger about anything and yeah and, um, and you know you're talking to a, a closed mouth friend and and he's he's not gonna you know spread gossip or or criticize or anything um and your mom's the same way they were just here the other night because because they uh they flew out to Florida, but yeah, we got to spend an evening with them. And, and Brandy was like, I wish I had some more time. And, you know, with times being, they are, we, you're, we haven't seen much of them. I saw them quite yeah. a bit last year. Cause I was going over there and mowing the lawn and stuff, but, mm-hmm. but it was like, Hey, mow the lawn. I'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Waving from the window. I haven't seen my mom in over a year. Yeah, she's uh, she's she's a wonderful lady. Uh, she you know, she re- she retired and she I think retired. She's, I'm so happy for. Her. Absolutely, and I I think she's still um, I think she's still doing a little bit of work. I didn't I didn't quite gauge yeah, how she, much she won't. Well, she does so much service work that yeah, her work's never going to be done. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I I think she's still doing some side work for him, some contract work here and yeah. there. Just keep herself busy. Yeah. My, there's no way my mom will be able to escape all of that. She's <laughs> giving up a person. She right. just won't be able to. She'll find something. Yeah. She's so funny. And I, I sat in the in between your sister and your mom and got smacked by one and then smacked by the other one the other <laughs> night. So you know. <laughs> Yeah, good time. Yeah. That, that all goes back to my grandma. She's the one that uh, uh, she was always very straightforward. I think you got to meet her a couple times too. So, yeah. so how is how is a lot of this? I mean, because what I noticed is a little bit of what I call prevention or intervening in there with your mom. And what she did is she took you to some Alatine meetings because this is a family disease, and. Right you know she and i think you were saying it too i mean even though you were young she still needed you to go along that path but she showed you what you know she's like here this is a group of people they'll be able to help you out but then you had to start doing the work didn't you um you know 
yeah, I, I really honestly I didn't quite get until I became an adult and got okay. back into Al-Anon after I got divorced. But I, uh, the, the, you know, my buddy has a saying, if you stay around a barbershop long enough, you're bound to get a haircut. Yeah, so um, I think some of the stuff that were said in the rooms just kind of soaked in, you know, not knowingly, they kind of creeped into my, yeah. you know, somehow, somehow it breaks through and, and you kind of bring that stuff out when you need it. And um, yeah, it's not like I worked the steps or anything when I was, when I was a teenager. Yeah. Uh, but. Well, and Alateen is more about support than it is really educating because right. we use it, you know, our brains aren't there yet to be able to understand a lot of these concepts. Right. Um, it isn't really till you get into Al-Anon that you really start talking. You're not going to sit down and Alateen talk about trauma. No. And Al-Anon, may, you might, you know, uh, but it's always good to, for the kids to have the knowledge because who knows? I mean. You know, with my mom had me go to Alatine and what it did is made it to where when I was 19, I knew where to go and what to do when I was ready. Absolutely. Um, yep. She ruined my drinking career. Aww. Yeah. Poor me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so offended. I did at one point. I was pissed at her for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, the alcoholic side, man, we, we want what we want. So what what's it like for you nowadays? Yeah, he's got a, and you just moved. Yeah, so we moved in October. Um, our daughter um, has autism and she had scoliosis and she had back surgery in November. So uh, we moved right in the middle of COVID. It was a, it was a, it was a very trying time. I mean, you talk about higher power stuff. It's yeah, you know, you're going house after house after house after house, and and none of them's. But then you you get like the perfect house. I mean, it may not be like it faces North, which I'm not a fan of, but, okay. um, but besides that, it's like the perfect house for us. So, wow. Um, big backyard and we have a pop-up camper now that, you know, we're going to go camping and Taylor loves camping. Um, she's already staked out her spot in the, in the (laughs) camper. So, um, yeah, work keeps me busy. Um, Taylor now, keeps us busy. Tell us about that, because you guys have been looking for a house for months. For like a year, you'd been looking for a house. And then this one just kind of like happened to come along or something like that, didn't it? How did this house drop into your into your? Yeah, life? so we, um, we sold our house pretty quick. I mean, it, yeah. it was like four days that it, it sold. And so there was a contingency on our house that um you know the house wouldn't sell until we found a place Mm -hmm. and so we're putting all these offers in and offers were getting accepted and then and then the they would fail inspection they would have foundation issues one um one we turn on the attic fan and the attic fans you know you you could smell burning Mm -hmm. um so we're like pass 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 so anyway those nine houses i think this is the well maybe eight houses this is i think this is the ninth house and the guy was just wanted to move and he has other properties and stuff so um so we offered um ten thousand more than than he wanted and it didn't appraise it didn't appraise for what it should have but we didn't have a we didn't say we're gonna bring 
this amount of money to get it up to that. Okay. And so when it didn't appraise for that, he wanted, um, so we offered him 400,000. I think it appraised at 386. Okay. But then I think he wanted like 6,000 for, he did like a, redid the electrical panel and stuff. Okay. And so we kind of, we kind of split the difference. So, yeah. Uh, and he was, he was super cool about it. Um, you know, kind of an old school guy that, and that's kind of the same way we got the camper too. He's just a man of his word and, you know, it wasn't, I mean, he could have gotten more money and sure. stuff in the house, but yeah. it all works well, out the way. We, we were raised in a world where, where if you borrowed somebody's tool, you brought it back better than how you got it. Right. Um, you know, so absolutely. I mean, one hand washes the other. Yeah, you know, I always, I always feel like um, when my intention is to be kind to God's children, that they're automatically kind back to me. I always get something in yeah. return that I just was never expecting, and it's always better because I don't expect anything. Right. Well, and going, you know, going through that process, you know, we would just. My dad would say, you know, it's just. It's not the right one. It's the, mm -hmm. you know, there's the, the one is out there and, you know, just, you know, so you gotta go, you gotta go through that process before you, you know, it's, 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 it's repeated over and over and over with everything that, that, you know, you gotta, you gotta go through some crap before you, you know, are rewarded. I yeah. mean, that's, that's how yeah. it is. And then, and then you're so, we're so grateful, um, you know, we live not too far from our old house. Mm -hmm. Taylor's in the same school. Awesome. The bus picks her up right in front of our house. I mean, it's it couldn't be, you know, I had to spend two months at my mom's house, but whatever. Well, and to keep your neighbors, too. You and my sister are very neighborly people. Yep. So, and I know that yep. you guys love your neighbors, so. Yeah, we always, we go to the old neighbor's house quite a bit, and the previous neighbors, we see them quite a bit. Last night, we had a fire outside, so our new neighbors were over last night, a few of them, so yeah, it's, you know, we try to build that community, because we know that, you know, by doing that, they, they can look out for, we'll look out for them, but they look out for Taylor. Yeah. You know, they, you know, if they see something weird, we you know, you just look out for each other. That's what neighbors do. That's what, that's what good humans do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm learning because I've lived at this house now for a few years and I'm learning how to become a good neighbor. Yeah. It's one of the things, yeah, it's like one of my goals right now is to make sure that my neighbors know who I am and that um, I'm always watching out for them if they need something. So, yeah, I mean, because I've never had, you know, I've never stayed anywhere long enough to actually get to know my neighbors. Yeah. So it's hard when you're moving around. I mean, I mean, your your folks have been up in Greeley now for well, twelve years, thirteen years, something like that. Yep. Um, and I know they the house next door was for sale, but their other neighbors they they know. So uh, when you when you live somewhere like even a couple years, and you mean eventually you start knowing who people are. Yeah, and when they're there and what their habits Showing are, snow and, and working on the yards and doing yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, and it's funny because you had a couple of mantras, like your mantra is the same as mine, except mine's don't be a dick. Yeah. It's just a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but that whole assholeism thing, you know, it was, it was about three years ago, I decided that I was going to stop calling myself an asshole because what we say to each other matters, man. 
So I stopped doing that and I quit being one. Yeah. Well, and it's so easy to, it's so easy to put other others down and, Mm. you know, I, I celebrate success. I don't care how small it is, you know, um, someone got something done on their house. They hung a fan or something, you know, good job. job. Absolutely. And, And the hanging fans isn't as easy as it looks. Right. The first time I did, I fumbled for hours, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, People out there that just take shots and, you know, they, you know, they, they call it teasing or whatever. And it's like, uh, yeah. Yeah. When somebody says, oh, I'm just teasing, but it doesn't feel that way. Yeah. Listen listen to your gut. Listen to your gut because it's right. It is. Oh. So before we wrap before we wrap up, I want to reiterate on the on on men's mental health, and yeah. thank you so much for promoting that. Um, I do think it's important um, for everybody, but men seem to have this ego, this pride that other people are going to think that we are weak because we are doing that when actually the opposite is true. Right. Absolutely. I, you know, and I've learned over the years that no one really cares. I mean, they care. Yeah. But, yeah. but know, if it's not affecting them, yeah. yeah. If it's, um, I get that. Uh, that's how I work homelessness because not everybody's experienced that. Right. So I, I have to bring it to them because right. out of sight, out of mind, they're not going to care because if it's not affecting your life, you're not going to think about it. I mean, I'm the same way. You know, I'm not pregnant, so therefore I'm not worried about being pregnant. Right. You know, um, but we all have things that are going on, especially addicts and alcoholics. We tend to have things, or even people from addict and alcoholic homes, we tend to have problems that are beyond what other people have. Right. Um, and we need the outside help for that. Yep. And, you know, you don't need to tell everybody everything that's yeah. going on all the time. There are some things you can keep to yourself that, you know, that, you know, are beneficial to you that you're doing that make you happy. You don't, mm-hmm. sometimes you don't need to share that with, with people. I mean, even family members, I, you know, some, sometimes that's, that's the great thing about programs, right? You go, you go, you spill your guts, you cry, you laugh, and it stays there. It mm-hmm. doesn't go, you know, it's not like, it's not like work where, you say something and, and it spreads around and, yeah. and they find you in the ass. Yeah. You become um, the water cooler discussion. Yep. Brandy, you're, Brandy is so good. Your sister is so good that um, I can tell her anything and, and, and she knows. And same, same thing with me. Yeah. That, that it's, it stays between us and, and um, mm-hmm. you know, where else can you find that? But, Alan, AA, Alan, professional help. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, and you need to be open mind to listen to these people, you know, when you're doing that, you got, cause now, um, cause Brandy has said two things to me in my life that have made a very big impact. Sure. The first one, uh, she hadn't met you yet. I was living with her for a little bit and she turned to me and she said, Dion, I'm just going to accept the fact that your life is always going to be full of drama. <laughs> right. fucking Alan on um, and that hit me and I remembered it of course it's still a while before I quit drinking but I remember that when I came when I started 
when I quit drinking, I'm like, remember Brandy said all that drama is going to go. And I got rid of it. That was one big thing. The other thing that she said to me, I was living in California at the time. And, uh, and uh, I had broken up with my girlfriend. I was talking to Brandy about it. And she said, you know, Dion, there's so, she's like, you know what? I'm not even going to say that. There is nothing wrong with your picker. <laughs> and now I'm married to Shannon. My next yeah. relationship was Shannon. Right. Because I listened to her on that. She's like, no, your picker's not broken. And even though I was still drinking, so I was willing to that idea. And I was open-minded to it. And God said, yep, now let's drag your ass back to Colorado. I'll get you sober. Yeah. So those are things that had effect on my life. And was so was Shannon someone that was kind of always there for you, or so Shannon was my girlfriend when I got sober the first time. Okay, so she and she went through a lot. Um, she was one of my first loves. We were high school sweethearts. So, well, she was in high school. I was divorced from my parents. Gotcha. Um, but she was there. I got sober the first time. Went through the Phoenix concept when I got my drug and alcohol certification this time, um, what she did is she said, Dion, I'm going to, I'm going to sit here and wait until I get my Dion back. Cause I know who he is. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to love you until you learn how to love yourself. So yeah. essentially she said, I'm not going anywhere. So when you're ready to do it, do it. And I think that gave me the chance that yeah. gave me the option though. You know, I didn't feel pressured by it. But one day I turned around, especially after I got a letter from grandma and stuff. Um, I turned around one day and I just decided I can't continue hurting my family and my wife like this. I can't do it yeah. anymore. Well, you know, you know me for a little while. I hate hurting people. Yeah. I, don't like I, I know your, I know your heart. I know your heart is good. I know your intentions are good. You know, you, you may have not made the best choices or decisions, <laughs> you know, and I, I think you're making, um, I think you're making a living amends. I don't think necessarily came out and said, I'm sorry to people. Yeah. And I don't think you have to do that. I think just living your life and being you and doing what you're doing and, and, uh, and, and your podcasts and, and helping others, I think is a, a living amends. I think, you know, mm -hmm. And you deserve all the credit for all that stuff. Your your peaks and your valleys. I mean, it's part of your thank you your life and your and your struggle. And I think you're a better person and a better man for going through all that. Um, you set an example for your kids, and you know the struggles that they go through. And mm -hmm. and, uh, and you know, I, I it all it all works out. It all works out the way it's supposed to. I mean, we only have one life to live, so mm -hmm. making the best of it. And, and sometimes we stumble and fall, but, but most of the time we get back up and we learn from our mistakes. And I think that's what you've done. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I'm pretty lucky in the fact that my family is also a part of a lot of this. So um, I was given a lot of love and tolerance um, a lot. So, you know, for me, um, I just love giving back now, man. And God's put me in a position to be able to do it 24 hours a day. And so I'm, I'm, I consider myself very lucky with that. Um, but there was something that you said there because I'm kind of big on this in the big book. It says we claim spiritual progress, not spiritual perfection. 
And I feel like people get caught up in that not being, because we're like, well, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. But it tells us to claim spiritual progress. Just cut right. the sentence off because yeah. we're missing that part. Right. What is that? That's just patting myself on the back. Good job, Dion. Just don't break your arm doing it. Right. You know? And thank you very much for the kind words coming from somebody that uh, was there at the end of my drinking and, and now. Um, you know that for for somebody like me, that's a big deal. That's a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. We're success stories. And so are you. I mean, you could have gone a much different path. Yep. A much different path. So all right. Well, Bryce, thank you so much for being on. I I appreciate your time. And yeah, it was uh, awesome. Yeah get to know my uh, brother-in-law a little bit. I love <laughs> you, dude. I do. I love you and Brandy together. Um, she's We're a happy. good team. You are. And you guys are so fucking happy, man. I love it. I love it. And I love you guys. Yeah, we love you too. So, yeah. all right, guys, thank you for listening. Um, you know, what's great about doing these podcasts, you just never know what we're going to talk about. We don't plan any of this. Um, this is life on life's terms and totally unexpected. So we get what God gives us. I want to thank everybody for being a part of. My name is Dion Miller. This is Trudging Together. I love you and have a day.